When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Natea Jay, who's up across the 40, he swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines, he goes. Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight. Touchdown, Eskimos, for the win. Dryson over the line, Terrence McDavid, right to home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Maple Leafs and Flyers scoreless early in the second period. Also early in the second. Coyotes and Blue Jackets tied at one. The Devils lead the Golden Knights one nothing more on the Devils in a minute here. Panthers up 2-0 on the Wild. After the first period, Montreal Canadiens up one zip on the Islanders. And early second period, no score between the Hurricanes and the Bruins. Several games coming up later tonight, including the Capitals and the Sharks, Senators and Canucks. Ottawa here tomorrow to face your Oilers. It's on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock face-off show, game at 7.30. The Stars and the Jets about to face off the uh, Jets honoring the Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers prior to that game. Raptors tonight, Kyle Lowry back in the lineup, but early in the second quarter, the Raptors trailing Miami 32-25. Well, the news today, the New Jersey Devils firing head coach John Hines. Uh, You're probably watching the updates last night, hearing them here on Inside Sports. The Devils getting pounded by the Buffalo Sabres, so Hines is fired. New Jersey currently last in the Metropolitan Division at 9-13-4. Four-plus seasons with the Devils. Hines, 150 wins, 159 losses, 45 more overtime or shootout losses. He did get them into the playoffs in 2018. That ended a five-year postseason drought. Elaine Nasruddin taking over as interim head coach. Pro scout Peter Horacek, a former intern head coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs, joins the coaching staff as an assistant. It's been a tough year for the Devils. They went out and got Subban, got Wayne Simmons, and uh, it has not paid off. The Oilers' season series with the Devils already finished. They beat them in a shootout early in the year and then shut them out at Rogers Place about a month ago. You know, you gotta, and there's a lot of a lot of rumors around Taylor Hall that the trade discussions have already been ongoing here with other teams that they might move Hall sooner rather than later, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in the summer. After last night's game, a seven-one loss to Buffalo, Hall said, "I'm running out of things to say as to why we're playing like that. It's hard. It's a tough pill to swallow, and it's everyone in here. It's too bad we have the players in here to play a lot better than that. We've got to step it up." 
I, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing Hall's voice in my head there and, and hearing things that he said while he was an Edmonton Oiler through several, several uh, poor seasons. Obviously, Hall was traded by the time the Oilers made the playoffs in 16-17. Uh, tough go for him. you got to wind up where his future holds. And I got to thinking about, I, I, I mean, I can, I can still hear Taylor Hall saying it while he was an Oiler, all the losing, it's frustrating, it wears on you. And I, I was wondering, you know, since or around the time Hall came into the league, has there been a player who has who has lost more than, than Taylor Hall? And this is a, not a knock on him because he's obviously a really good player. Even on some really bad Oilers teams, he was in the top ten in the league and scoring a couple times. He won the Hart Trophy with the New Jersey Devils. Did I mean almost single-handedly carried them onto his back into the postseason. So I, I, I went to hockeyreference.com, and you can do a very specific search there, and, and I just did a search for Hall, all the games that he's played in that he has won. Well, Taylor Hall has played 588 NHL games. His team has won 228 of them. That's only 38.8%. So you factor in bad years with the Oilers, and except for one year, some pretty bad years with the New Jersey Devils as well. And I thought, well, what about Nuge? Nuge joined a pretty bad Oilers team that then stayed bad through most of his career. Uh, Nugent Hopkins has played almost as many games as Hall. He's played 564 to Hall's 588. Nugent Hopkins has 242 victories for 42.9%. Hall's winning percentage, 38.8%. I know I was talking to uh, Jonathan Willis of The Athletic about this, and he suggested Rasmus Ristolainen, who has played for uh, Buffalo, and they haven't had a lot of good teams. Ristolainen's personal winning percentage actually worse than Hall's at 36.5%. And just for the heck of it, I, I ran Sam Gagne through this as well who's played 815 games, a lot of them with Edmonton. He has some other stops along the way. He hasn't played on any real powerhouse teams. Powerhouse teams. Gagne's won 300 games. He's been on the winning team 300 times in his career. He's slightly better than Ristolainen at 36.8%. Ristolainen, 36.5. So there are some several players, many of them with Oilers connections, but you you got to throw Buffalo in there as well, who personally just have not been on the winning side in a lot of NHL games. Uh, Nugent Hopkins over 40%, Hall under 40, and it's uh, it, it is a tough go for the New Jersey Devils, though, like I said, they do well. They do not. They no longer have the lead tonight. Chandler Stevenson, newly acquired by the Golden Knights gets on the board. It's 1-1 Vegas and Golden Knight. That is uh, Vegas and the Devils early in the second period. Thanks a lot for tuning in this evening. It is 6-12. It's Baby Yoda's favorite radio show, Inside Sports. My my name is Reed Wilkins. Uh, You can reach out by texting or calling 780-496-0063. We have plenty to get to tonight. Uh, The latest on the Oilers, which I will move into in about 30 seconds. Kelly Rudy is going to join us between 6.30 and 7. You will get the story in his own words from Mark Borvietsky about how he uh, interrupted a crime in progress yesterday in the Gastown neighborhood of Vancouver. We had Gord Wilson on the show last night, the longtime Senator's radio analyst, actually the only one they've ever had. He's only missed five games in the team's history. He kind of told the story, and he said how Borvietsky was sharing it with the media as they were walking 
away from the rink together, and the Ottawa media, media members were all of a sudden realizing, oh, my God, he's actually telling an incredible story that we didn't think was going to happen. We don't have cameras rolling. We don't have tape rolling. Well, they got it today. So you'll get Borvietsky's story uh, in his own words. So that's going to be pretty cool. Boxer Ryan Ford is going to be on the show. You may remember Ryan... Well, if you're a boxing fan, you'll know all about Ryan. But Ryan was on the show in late August after he fought in England. And I tweeted out the video of this at the time. Ryan was boxing and he got punched in the testicles. It was a low blow and he couldn't continue fighting. And, uh, you know, they they called it a technical knockout. So he protested that. He's going to update that story to see if he got a satisfactory resolution out of that. And also Ryan fighting this Friday at KO Boxing, uh, KO 88 at the Edmonton Convention Center. So he, he will update us on that story and look ahead to his fight this weekend. That's all coming up tonight on the show. All right, as for the Oilers, several players battling some injuries. Head coach Dave Tippett, what's going on? Nuge skated early this morning on his own. Uh, Cassian didn't skate today. He'll skate tomorrow, probably on his own. Uh, who else is there? Benning. Ben- Benning. Uh, Benning's probably going to be out a little bit of time here, I think. Concussion thing again? Uh, he he passed that, but they're just monitoring him. They just they don't want to put him in a bad position. So we'll I think we'll more know a little more today. But they're just we're gonna he's uh, we just want to make sure on him. Now Benning has been placed on injured reserve. Nugent Hopkins and Cassian not expected to play tomorrow. Mike Smith. Back on the ice today, he's expected to be the backup goaltender to Miko Koskinen tomorrow night. Caleb Jones on defense, Stuart Skinner, the goaltender, sent back to the Bakersfield Condors today. Joel Pearson comes up. Uh, you know, I thought Jones played fairly well. Can't hurt from a little more time in the minors. Uh, you know, Pearson was up here to start the year and uh, sent to the minors, and now he's going to come back up. So a, a right shot option there uh, at practice today as uh, the Oilers got back on the ice at Rogers Place. At practice today, you had Clefbaum with Larson, Nurse with Bear, and Chris Russell with Caleb Jones. So uh, are we going to see maybe Clefbaum and Pearson back together and Chris Russell with Adam Larson, or could it just be Pearson sliding in there with uh, with Chris Russell? We'll see how that goes. The forward lines, and, and th- this will likely be what they are tomorrow, with no Cassie and no Nugent Hopkins. Dreisaitl between Kara and Gagne. McDavid between Neal and Archibald. Shane centered Nygaard and Chason. And Haas centered Granlund and Patrick Russell. What can we tell you about Patrick Russell? <laughs> he uh, He's a hard-working player. He does a lot of things well out there, and he's been oh so close to scoring that first career goal. And then Sunday in Vancouver, it looks like he has that first career goal. Larson and Kleppbaum, slapper, save, Markstrom, rebound, kicked out into the slot, finding it, scoring! Patrick Russell has his first in the National Hockey League. Tough break, but I guess you got to look positive. I get to celebrate it twice now. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough break. What were you thinking on the bench during the review? Uh, I don't know. Just, uh, I didn't know how to react. I thought, still thought it was a goal until I got to the bench, and they said they, they might challenge it. So it was uh, tough, but uh, at least we won the game. 
game, so that's good. Granlin got knocked to the ice. Now Travis Green is looking at it, saying it was Markstrom interfered with. To me, that was pretty incidental contact. Upon video review, there was goaltender interference. Therefore, we have no goal. I haven't seen that yet. Um, and it sucks, you know, I obviously feel for a guy that, uh, that goes through that. It's never fun, uh, no matter who you are, if you score and it gets called back. So that to be his first one and, and it to come back is uh, probably disappointing, but uh, I'm sure I'll get another one. But when your guy scores his first goal, you see the reaction of the guys on the ice and the guys on the bench. I mean, there's a lot of, they know who's going to get his first one out, so everybody's really happy, and then it's kind of wah, wah, wah. Find any good texts on your phone after the game where it was like, oh, congratulations, oh, sorry, buddy, two minutes yeah. later? Yeah, there's a couple of texts, like, congratulations, and then, oh, never mind. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, there's a couple of funny texts. He's a prototypical role player. He's goes up and down his wing. He does a lot of things right. Uh, you'd like to see him chip in with few goals, a few points now and then. He's had some, but he's helped our penalty killing unit, and he just he's one of those players, just a stabilizing player. And if you look at that line, that line was pretty good for us the other night. You know, the third period, they were, uh, you watch what they do. They, they play the game the right way. They're always on the right side of the puck. Their work ethic is, is great. So it's, uh, he's just been, he's one of those guys that I call them glue guys. You know, in your lineup, you just can plug them around either different spots and they do the job for you. Not really heralded, but they do a good job. He works hard. Um, you know, he, he gives everything he has out there. Um, and he's uh, definitely a guy that uh, has, has helped out on the penalty kill and, and is good on the four check. So um, he's been good for us. It's kind of our line. It's it's how we need to play every game. And I really think we've played, played well the last two, three games. So got to keep it going. A little bit there from Patrick Russell. Also hearing from Connor McDavid and Dave Tippett. In that little package, as uh, Russell, I mean, what what could he do? What's he gonna say? <laughs> like he's, you gotta keep going. He said, "Well, I guess I'll get to celebrate it twice." Kind of an uh, unusual scenario. I think uh, they, you know, they expected the goal to count. Dave Tippett said he thought it was 50-50. He was kind of disappointed the goal didn't stand. He said he did talk to some people with the league and got some clarity on the call all on that goalie interference situation. But like I said, and Russell said in there, at least they won the game, and, and I think that's exactly the type of game a lot of Oilers teams in recent years lose, that they just can't get over the hump. They can't recover from having the goal disallowed. They can't cash in on special teams. They can't get the key penalty kill. Uh, but but they figured it out, and they figured out a lot this season. The Oilers still have not lost three games in a row all season long, which is pretty cool. Okay. Oh, it's 620, Kellen. We got to do this. We got the special word. Cool. This is for our Join the Team contest presented by Japanese Village. So this is where you enter a code word on the contest page on 630chad.com. You go, you go to the contest page, you find the Join the Team promotion, and this is where you're going to get to be in the Oilers team picture when they set a date for the team picture, and there'll be a home game day. You'll get to come to the morning skate. You'll get to hang out a little bit with me, Bob, and Jack. You get to meet some members of Oilers management. You get to watch the first period from the press box. Then you get to go to your VIP seats. You get to be uh, interviewed by me, on the uh, face-off show. Maybe I shouldn't include that part. That might encourage people not to enter. Don't worry, all the other stuff is good. Talking to me for two minutes, you'll just have to get through that. But the code word today is shoot. Not like a uh, like a shoot like a plant, like C-H-U-T-E, or like a garbage shoot, like shooting the puck. Shoot, S-H, 
OOT. That is the code word today for the Join the Team promotion presented by Japanese Village. A little more from Dave Tippett, Kelly Rudy coming up as well. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you, Edward Van Halen and company. If you are texting the code word to 780-496-0063, remember that is not how you enter the contest. You have to enter it on the contest page on 630ched.com. I appreciate that you're listening and writing in, but I, I can't put you in the draw because you're texting our text line. you got to go to the contest page, look for the Join the Team promotion presented by Japanese Village, and that is where you type in today's code word, which is uh, shoot. Uh, this texter writing in, uh, read, I tried the code word shooped, but nothing happened. Shooped, of course, the past tense of shoop, a word made famous by Salt and Peppa, their song that came out in the fall of 1993. Badoop, badoop. I quickly had to look up the the date the song came out. I do appreciate that. That's that's some good trivia. Uh, Steve writing in, bo- again, always bonus points on the text line if you make me laugh, which Steve has done. I mentioned we're going to have Ryan Ford on the show later, L- a local boxer. He's got a boat coming up Friday at the convention center. And uh, he uh, was hit with a low blow when he fought in England in August. And the fight was called a technical knockout. And uh, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Steve says, uh, Reed, are you sure you didn't mean testicular knockout instead of technical knockout? Oh, that's, that's a very good point. What does the T in TKO stands for, uh, stand for when you, when you lose that way? Thank you for that, Steve. I appreciate it. Oilers and Senators coming up tomorrow night. Of course, the Oilers back in the win column after beating Vancouver on Sunday. They had lost two in a row. They won it. They have not lost three in a row all season long. We have a focus that we we know consistency is a big part of. If we're going to be a playoff team, you're going to have to be a consistent team. And sometimes you're not going to win, but you've got to give yourself a chance to win. And I think you've seen some of the only games that I've been not upset is the wrong word, but but disappointed with our result is when we we beat ourselves or we don't play smart enough. But I, I like the way the group like they talk about it. When we lose a game, they talk about let's we got to get right back at it. And that's that's all coming from in the room. That's not coming from a coaching staff. That's coming from the guys that want to be a playoff team. So I give the players full credit there. They they're that's in the conversation. When we lose, they want to grab it back in a hurry. And as a coaching staff, I'm we're happy to hear that. Well, that's what you want to hear. The players setting the standard, holding each other accountable. It doesn't have to always be up to the coaches to motivate the players and, and to address every little problem. 627, Kelly Rudy after the 630 News. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
Edmonton Oil Kings home game tonight starts in half an hour against Moose Jaw. Oil Kings having a very good year. They will be in Calgary on Friday, and then they host the Hitman on Saturday at 7. That is the annual Teddy Bear Toss game to benefit 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Uh, and, and again, if you can't, uh, if you aren't taking a teddy bear to the game, take 20 bucks. You can get a bear there, and uh, the proceeds from that sale will go to the stallery, and then you can throw the bear on the ice when the Oil Kings score, and uh, it goes to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. So that is how all that shakes down. Raptors trailing Miami 57-53, 20 seconds left in the first half. We'll keep you up to, updated on that one. NHL tonight, the New Jersey Devils leading the Golden Knights 2-1 late in the second period. Of course, earlier today, the Devils firing head coach John Hines. Elaine Nazardine takes over as the interim head coach. Wild and Panthers 2-2 late in the second. Middle of the second period, Montreal up 1-0 on the Islanders. Deneau has his seventh of the season. No score in the second period between the Hurricanes and the Bruins. After two, the Flyers are up 1-0 on Toronto. Late in the first period, Jets up 1-0 on the Stars. Lightning leading the Predators 1-zip. And final minute of period two in Columbus, Arizona, with a 3-1 edge on the Blue Jackets. Keller, Fisher, and Kraus scoring for the Coyotes in that one. Senators and Canucks a little bit later on. Capitals and Sharks will start at 8.30. Senators here tomorrow to face the Oilers. Six o'clock, uh, six o'clock face-off show on 6.30, Ched, and uh, that game will start at 7 30. Well, a lot to discuss with our weekly guest here on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It's Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. I had a good day. My mom is in uh, Calgary visiting from Edmonton, and on the weekend, uh, she and my wife, Donna, they made pierogies and cabbage rolls and so on. And then today, uh, the Flames were off for a couple of days uh, from practice. They last played on Saturday, and they practiced again today. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to bring my mom along to practice and uh, brought up a lot of good memories, uh, you know, being in arenas together and growing up and all that kind of stuff. So it was a fun day. Well, that's awesome. Now, are the pierogies and cabbage roll rolls for Christmas, or are they for immediate consumption, Kelly? They're a combination. In okay. fact, I flew home on Sunday, and uh, we had everybody over, all three kids, all the, my son-in-law, my grandson, the fiancés and everything. My mom was there, and so we had an old-fashioned uh, Ukrainian dinner, just like growing up back in Edmonton. And did she have any suggestions for line combinations or defense pairings today? <laughs> right. I took her to practice today, that's right, for advanced scouting. <laughs> there we go. There we go. She can come back up to Edmonton and tell us how the flames are looking. That's awesome. That's great. The uh, few things I want to talk to you about, one of the news stories today, obviously, is the New Jersey Devils firing John Hines, head coach of the team. Man, they just got pounded last night in Buffalo, and they're actually playing again tonight. So going through this on a game day, uh, you know, Taylor Hall, who went through some tough years here in Edmonton, he had a quote, I'm running out of things to say. Uh, and, and, you know, the Devils adding Subban, adding Simmons, and it just has not gone right for them at all. I'm surprised. I didn't expect this from that team. I thought, uh, and I think a lot of people, when they made their, their early season predictions, that they had Jersey having a really good year. So 
Uh, certainly went off the rails. I couldn't believe what I was watching last night. Uh, five nothing after one period for Buffalo, and uh, and Buffalo is not a team that scores a ton either. And so it tells you that how desperate uh, the Devils uh, were and how desperate they've become in making a change like that. Game day, as you mentioned, uh, that doesn't happen very often as well. And so it tells you that their situation was uh, at the end. All right. The Oilers here getting ready to start a homestand tomorrow against Ottawa. We were talking to Patrick Russell today, the Oilers forward who briefly got to enjoy his first NHL goal against the Canucks on Sunday, but then it was taken away. So he's still searching for that. I mean, you would have had a lot of teammates who would have got a first NHL goal. Uh, it's, It's usually a pretty cool moment, and everybody knows it's the guy's first NHL goal. Is there one that really stands out to you? Well, I'm going to change it up, but you're right. Uh, I don't want to get away from that, first of all. It, it's it's really special when uh, you watch a guy get his first goal and or uh, a first win as a goalie, and I've shared many of those with guys also. And I, That's just a really cool experience because you, you go back to when uh, I had my first win. And um, But I'm going to change it up just a little bit because I'm going to go with the biggest goal of his career, a former uh, Los Angeles King, he played for a few games for Detroit before he came to us, and a guy from Edmonton, Gary Shuchuk. So Gary and I had history, right? So uh, growing up uh, when I was playing junior and even playing pro, there was an arena, I don't know what it's called anymore, but just west of the city uh, on the way to Spruce Grove called the Anderson Arena. And uh, in the summer, a whole bunch of us uh, would play shinny. And in the late 80s, a guy by the name of Gary Shuchuk started to show up, and he was playing at University of Wisconsin. Man, he was good. He ended up being a first-team All-American uh, his last year, I believe, in, in Wisconsin. And uh, I was like, man, I like this guy. Can he ever play? And and I was hopeful one day that he'd get a chance to play in the National Hockey League like he did in Detroit. Then he joined us. And, you know, Reed, it was one of the coolest things because – Our daughter, Jessica, she's our oldest, but Gary happened to be her favorite player. So I'll tell another story after that. But first of all, we're playing a huge playoff game. The series is tied 2-2, second round versus uh, Vancouver in the 93 playoffs. Um, And the game goes to double overtime. Gary scores by far his biggest goal in his National Hockey League career, by far his biggest playoff goal. We go up in that series, of course, 3-2. We end up closing out Vancouver 4-2 and going on to play the Maple Leafs in the, uh, in the conference finals. And I was just so darn happy for Gary because he was such a nice guy. So I'm going to go back to Jessica. And we're playing in L.A. And Donna had to go home. I think she might have had Megan, our, our middle daughter, at the time at the game. And I had to get some treatment. I don't know what injury I had during the game. And so... I was wondering, how in the world can I get Jessica home? Because I'm going to be here. It's a school night for her. How am I going to get to her home? And I might have, might have been in a trainer's room. Gary said, Michelle and I will take her. And so I, I know my face lit up when Jessica heard because Gary was her favorite. I mean, she just beamed, I guess, the whole way home. Gary ended up giving her a signed uh, stick, which she still has today, and she's 33 years old. So, you know, you meet these important people in your life, and maybe not a lot of people remember Gary, but just a special guy. He's doing really well now coaching in North American Hockey League. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw some uh, love towards my friend Gary. Oh, that's uh, that's a great story, Kelly. Thanks a lot for sharing that. So, yeah, that that, that is really awesome. And, and, you know, on that Patrick Russell play, so 
it's disallowed. Would have given the Oilers yep. the lead at the time. They they bounce back and, and and win the game. And Patrick Russell joked today. He's like, well, I guess I get to celebrate my first goal twice. How many guys get to do that? But uh, <laughs> now you played in an era where you know there wasn't video review, so a disallowed goal was just disallowed. But sometimes you might think it should have counted. Do you remember a really deflating or momentum swinging disallowed goal in a game you were in? Yes, I do, and uh, I was the beneficiary of it. So if you go back to the 1990 playoffs, uh, we're playing Calgary in the first round. Keep in mind, they just uh, won the Santa Cup the year before, so they were an absolute powerhouse with all those great players. And uh, we're winning the series 3-2 back in in L.A. Scores tied 3-3 in the first overtime. And, of course, if we lose that game, we go back to Calgary for Game 7, and that would have been an awfully tough game to to win. So we kind of need in overtime that we've got to try and find any way to close them out. Well, anyways, in the first uh, overtime, uh, there's a wild scramble around my net. And Doug Gilmore gets the puck to the right of me behind the goal line and he throws it back into the crease and I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm in big trouble here because I wasn't in good position I was still flailing away on the ice and I knew that there was a strong possibility that he could bank the puck in off me into our own net and then the series would be tied Uh, and so I struggled mightily to, to try and get in some kind of position to stop that from happening but he did it a little bit quicker than I was hoping, and the puck did ricochet off me towards the net. Now, there was no uh, video replay that would show that uh, it actually uh, conclusively crossed the puck or across the goal line. So I watched the replay many, many times after, and uh, you couldn't tell. It, it seemed likely that the puck had to cross the goal line, for a goal by Doug Gilmore, and you might remember, uh, Reed, this was the game where Terry Crisp lost his mind and I think even yep. blew his nose and his tie in disgust to the officials. But anyways, fast forward a few minutes. In the second overtime, Mike Krushelniski scored one of the craziest overtime goals you'll ever see. He's falling down and somehow swats the puck, and it's almost in slow motion. It's end over end over end. It seemed like it went eight or ten feet up in the air ever so slowly and somehow came back towards the ice and over a fallen Mike Vernon. He's reaching backwards with his catching glove trying to catch it, and he can't. And in an unlikely game, we win that uh, uh, 4-3, and we end up winning the series, of course. So crazy goal, crazy momentum shift with that goal that should have most likely been allowed, but there's no no way to prove it for Calgary. Kelly, I... I believe almost everything of that story, except I, I have trouble believing you were ever caught out of position. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You, you've studied some of my clips. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Rooney joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Uh, on, on, a, on a serious topic, obviously, and, and there's a lot um, being discussed now with uh, coaches, relationships with players, uh, you know, verbal abuse, perhaps physical abuse, in some areas, we'll obviously see where where some of these investigations and, and allegations go. And in some cases, they're you know they're they're more than allegations. But you know, you you played you played in the Western Hockey League, you played in the NHL. As as a player, what was the line for you in in terms of how a coach uh, might treat you or, or or teammates? Was you know obviously you're 
you know you started yeah. you started as a, as basically a kid, but you know you were you're a grown man as you went through your career. So I assume you you expected or hoped to be treated a certain way. I did, and uh, that's why I was really disappointed uh, with the verbal abuse, of course. Um, uh, but the one that really gets my attention is the physical abuse, Reed. And I talked quite a bit on Saturday night uh, about that. That I think that I, I think there's this. There was this feeling long ago, and I'm, I'm, this makes me so angry that um, physical abuse was uh, tolerated or was allowed, kind of, you know, somewhat acceptable long ago. And I, I disagree with that. I, I think it was overlooked. It was never tolerated it should never have been tolerated you know what physical abuse like that is simple to me Reed. it's assault and if you go anywhere else in the workplace and you physically hit somebody touch somebody shove somebody knee them you should get charged with assault and and that's what was overlooked for far too long and i'm glad that we're having this these discussions now because it's unacceptable and and it's not only unacceptable and my sport and other sports but other places in the workforce uh, you know i mentioned last week about if you're in a band program somewhere you, you know all this abuse is just it, it's it's unnecessary and it's completely wrong kelly thanks for that it is always great to have you on the show enjoy your visit with your mom and enjoy all the food and we'll talk to you again next week Okay, thanks. We'll talk to you later, bud. Kelly Rudy checking in tonight. He does once a week on Inside Sports throughout the hockey season. Always great to have him on the show. Some uh, really cool memories from his career. And uh, I I really enjoyed his thoughts there about a lot of the stories that are are coming out. I I don't want to go too much uh, into this. I mean, there are some things that are are uh, allegations and I, and I do believe people are innocent until proven guilty and, and all that kind of stuff uh, you know some, some things put out there about Mark Crawford today who's an assistant coach with Chicago he's been placed on on leave by the Blackhawks because of some allegations of abuse from Sean Avery more stories coming out about uh, about Mike Babcock and the the you know he just a lot of people saying he just wasn't a nice person I, I, I mean being, I, I guess, being a jerk isn't isn't a, isn't a crime. Um, I, I will just say this, and, and I, I was kind of interesting for me the other couple times on the show when we've been talking about Bill Peters and some of these stories. And I know we have uh, some of you in the audience who are, are like me. You might have played minor, you know, kid sports, and but you never played at a high level. And I know some of you who listen, you know, played university sports, played major junior. And, and maybe some of you are coaches or coached at high levels as well. I guess the thing I don't understand, oh, and I was going to say, you know, people, people on the text line have shared stories about my coach did this to me. He made us do this as, as a team, and I appreciate that some of those were shared. I guess my thing would be is if, if somebody is such a good coach, why do they have to resort to, to physical contact to try to get the players to do what they want. Like, if they're such a good coach, tactically and motivationally, should they not be able to use other tactics to get players to perform within their system and to their standards? And I know that, you know, I I agree. I think that some things in the world we've become a little too sensitive about, um, but I, I, I don't think you would 
go to a coaching seminar and there would be like, okay, here's the part where you, when it's appropriate to hit a player or strike a player or, or kick a player. So that that's kind of where if, if you know if you're if somebody is such a good coach, I, I don't think that that's something they should have to resort to to get the player to do what they want. And and you know what, I don't think there's anything wrong with players being yelled at, being challenged, being told they're lazy, being told they're letting their teammates down, you know, all all that kind of stuff. But I, I think there should be a line, as Kelly said, with with physical contact, with hitting, and all that kind of stuff. And when it's the words you're using. I, I think it's very simple. You don't criticize somebody or judge somebody based on the color of their skin, their ethnic background, or who they pray to or don't pray to. I think those are things that you know don't need to be referred to if you're being critical of somebody. Those are just my thoughts. Uh, and again, I appreciate stories people have shared to me over the last couple of weeks here on Inside Sports. We're back after the break. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. Raptors trailing the Heat. Oh, Raptors just tied at 58-58 early in the third quarter. We'll give you the full scoreboard after the 7 o'clock news. The Oilers notes today Nugent Hopkins and Cassian will not return to action tomorrow against Ottawa. Matt Benning placed on injured reserve. He got hit with a couple pucks Sunday in Vancouver. Mike Smith did not dress on Sunday. He's expected to back up Koskinen tomorrow. Caleb Jones has been sent back to Bakersfield. Joel Pearson, defenseman, comes up. Stuart Skinner, who was up as the uh, emergency recall goaltender, goes back to the Condors as well. He did practice today, but went down after practice. 780-496-0063. We have Rob on the line. Hey, Rob. Hey, Reed. How are you? Doing quite well. Nice to hear from you. Uh, yeah, you know, I totally agree with uh, with Kelly Rudy. The one thing, you know, I coached minor hockey for 15 years just outside the city, and the one thing that I always, you know, felt that coaching no matter at what level is a privilege it's not a right it's a privilege whether you're being paid or you're not and i think in order to gain respect from your players you have to show respect and you know kelly's totally right it should be treated as a criminal offense if you're going to abuse somebody whether it be verbally mentally physically you got to pay some consequences rob did you ever play or coach at a high level i'm just curious I did. Yeah, I played yep. and coached at a high level. Okay, so you've 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 seen some stuff, then I assume. Oh, like, uh, oh yeah, I've seen some stuff. I don't I don't want to mention names. No, or, that's or fair. Places, I'm not trying but, to get you to, but I just wanted but, to give some context for your comments. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you know, you know, you go through the froshing, you go through stuff like that amongst fellow players. You know, the coaches, whether they're involved or not, you know, it's still, you know, leaves a bit of a, a detriment you know, to your psyche and, you know, you, you never forget those things. But the one thing that I learned from it is you turn a negative into a positive. And I always look back at those as a learning experience, but, you know, through my 15 years of coaching, I always treated my, my players with the utmost respect. And in turn, I gained that respect back. Yeah. And I, well, think that, I think that's a great way to put it. And yeah, if something negative happens to you, do you continue doing that because you think that's the only way to do it? Or do you think, I didn't feel comfortable, so do I try to turn it around and do something better to the next generation? I, I, love, how, I love how you put that, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's how I looked at it. I, I always looked at it as, I didn't feel comfortable. And even when teammates went through it, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, 
speaking out about it and I should have, you know, now looking back, you're like, you know, I didn't feel comfortable in that position, what, you know, even witnessing it. And now I, I look at it as nowadays I'm glad people are speaking out because it is wrong. It's not, it, it, you know, even though it's something physical, it affects people mentally too down the road. And it, it leaves like a scar on, 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 on you for life. It really does. Rob, I appreciate you getting in touch, man. Thanks for listening. Yeah, you bet. Great show. That is Rob, 780-496-0063. Back after the news and weather. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.